politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back here in the house, August 2nd, brand new week, brand new month. But same old problems, the same fight we've been fighting for 17 months already, where we don't have basic autonomy over our own bodies now. And yet, aside from this show, where do you guys find solutions, find an effort to pressure all these fake, phony Republican governors and legislatures to actually fight back in ways that will matter to fight back against the mandatory experimentation on Americans in violation of the Nuremberg Code. The more this piece of garbage clot shot doesn't work, the more they mandate it, the more it's proven that masks don't work and harm CO2 levels, the more they mandate it. It's because we have decided we were going to take this with zero fight for almost a full year. So they were like, hey, you know what? We'll try our luck and see when people will finally fight back. You know, today, August 2nd, is the day in 1776, a month after the declaration was adopted, when they actually signed it. The 56 delegates actually affixed their signature to the document. They wanted handwritten prints to uh, send out to people. It was actually on August 2nd. And that document establishing what is and what isn't a fundamental right, what is and isn't a legitimate power and goal of a government. That document has been abrogated. It has been flipped upside down, inside out, contorted beyond belief. A couple years ago, I could never have imagined it would have gotten this bad even after having written my book largely on this theme, Stolen Sovereignty, by the way, if you haven't gotten my book. So before I blow up, you know, it's good to take this show with a nice cup of wine. Unlike the pseudoscience we're getting from the government, there is a lot of science behind uh, the health effects of drinking just one, not more than that, but one cup of wine a day. But here's a way to do it 10 times healthier down in Argentina. And our buddies at Bonner Private Wine Partnership, they grow this really dark red wine from Malbec grapes grown at 9,000 feet in the Andes Mountains. They're lab-tested, and they contain up to 10 times the levels of longevity and heart health nutrient called resveratrol. Resveratrol is powerful stuff. It pops up again and again in studies on longevity, heart health, even brain health. They have 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives, plus they are really terrific with barbecue steaks, red wine, red meat, red, white, and blue. Um, Doesn't get better than that. Go to conservativewine.com to get 50% off their best Malbecs. You could also get 50% off shipping. Makes a great gift for your friend and most of all for yourself. Go to conservativewine.com today to get healthier and calm yourself down because I'm I'm going to need it to my, myself, although it is during the day and I can't afford to drink now. Got a lot more work to do. But folks, you have this guy, Ted Lieu, this congressman, Democrat congressman from California. 
He literally puts out on Twitter and says, you have no right to spread your respiratory droplets on me, on others, in public spaces and in businesses. The majority of reasonable Americans are going to fight the tyranny of the minority. So they, they literally flip it around. It, it makes no sense because they're saying this shot is so effective and the mask is so effective that it could violate all political and social norms and violate all laws and clauses of the Constitution that we can mandate it on you. Well, if it's that amazing that it's that amazing, it works for you. So you're wearing your mask. You have your clot shot. It makes no sense. It's mentally ill. And meanwhile, the more they themselves concede that the clot shot has problems as well as is not even working, the more they clamp down on the Fourth Reich and declare fascism and mandate it. I mean, you guys saw this on Friday. CDC came out with their study of a um, couple hundred people at this gay orgy in uh, Massachusetts. And they found that 75% of the people infected had both shots. It's a joke. So meaning, first off, first off, if you have your shot and you believe it defends you, then it defends you. What I do and my fellow people that don't get it In your mind, we're just the stupid ones. We don't affect you. But it's even more than that. It turns out you could still spread it when you have the vaccine. And they're left, as always, with their only little stupid thing by saying, oh, well, at least it protects against serious illness, which, again, but that that doesn't speak to what they're talking about, aside from the fact it's not true. By the way, another study um, from Finland, Finland, Finland Hospital. So these are hospitalizations, serious infections, among 103 infections in hospital uh, inpatients, two-thirds of them, 66% of the patients and 67% of the deaths occurred in those partially or fully mRNA vaxxed. Okay, so to be clear, that does include one shot or two together, 66 or 67%. And I don't have in front of me the Finland vaccination rate, but I think it tracks pretty close to the percentage that had one shot. So that's with that there. This whole thing's a lie. Do you know that in Iceland, cases are up 7,000% in the past 14 days? It's one of the sharpest straight lines we've ever seen. Yet, they have almost every single adult vaccinated. Cases are up 7,000% in the last four days. It is a bigger spike than they ever had pre the vaccine. I'm, I'm sick of hearing this thing. Oh, it's making it better. It is all a lie. It's all a lie. And meanwhile, anyone trying to point this out You get censored, so we can't even study this stuff. We can't even have an informed debate over it. Think about this. Dr. Peter McCullough, we've had him on several times. Maybe I'll have him on later this week. Baylor University, where he works as a cardiologist, I think he's the VP of internal medicine there, 
He has been involved in, in philanthropic activities at Baylor for years. He is one of the most cited cardiologists in journals. He is the guy that wrote one of the first long-form papers on how to treat COVID. You would think you would make this guy a hero and give him an award. Right after all, COVID, 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 right? So this is the guy that has saved so many lives. And if everyone would follow him, as, as Dr. McCullough always says, we would probably prevent 80 to 90% of the COVID deaths. Instead, he is being sued by Baylor for somehow just using their name. And it's not like he went around and said Baylor opposes the vaccine. He would just introduce himself. One of his job descriptions is his position at Baylor. And he is not allowed to even have questions about this. This is a very important action item. We're going to discuss our action items that we need to push in every state legislature with the governors, with attorneys general. You need to get on the phone and call them. This is from Becker Hospital Review. The Federation of State Medical Boards warned July 29th that physicians and other healthcare professionals could be at risk of losing their medical licenses if they spread COVID-19 vaccine misinformation on social media. So any doctor that raises any concern, mind you, CDC is saying 75% of the people that got it in their study sample had both shots. So I'm not sure what they mean. Does CDC get punished for spreading so-called misinformation? But FSMB is a nonprofit that represents all U.S. state medical boards. Said any clinicians who create or spread vaccine misinformation risk disciplinary action by state medical boards. This is unbelievable. Unbelievable. They continue to lie. Continue. They are the ones putting out the ultimate misinformation and project it on everyone. And by the way, you know, Israel, um, a bunch of researchers at whatever, you know, all their universities, Tel Aviv, and there's several others, a bunch of researchers, they did a study of, of COVID-19 vaxxed Israelis. Um, the sample size, they looked at 936,000 people. This is almost a million people. Massive percentage of their entire country. It's a small country. And they found that individuals vaccinated in January 2021 had a two and a quarter fold, so 2.26 fold increased risk of breakthrough infection compared to individuals vaccinated in April three months later. So it's not like, the point is, it's not like anyone else has produced evidence contradicting what we're seeing in Israel. They're the only ones promoting this, but nothing else we see contradicts it, and it actually all makes a lot of sense if you understand the science of the virus and the science of the shots. So the point is it has nothing to do with the Delta. If this would have been the ancestral strain still floating around, it, we would have had the same problem. It's a duration issue. The, the shots come with tremendous short-term and long-term risks, and they only give you short-term protection, seemingly maybe about six months, at least for the Pfizer shot. And yet, if a doctor would raise concern and cite this, he would get punished. What needs to happen is, again, every state we need to convene a special session. And in that special session, one of the things we need to do 
is pass state laws ensuring that no doctor can face any punitive action by medical boards for prescribing, for treating the virus, and for questioning what the government is doing. This is literally North Korea, what is going on. Literally North Korea. But it doesn't matter. You know, Wall Street Journal just just put this out. FDA under pressure to grant full approval to COVID-19 vaccines. Oh, they don't work and they cause a bunch of problems. Epic Times has an article out. CDC themselves just came out with a new study. Almost 400 youngsters have developed myocarditis. And I'm sure that's an underestimation given the reporting problems. They'll, they'll get full approval. They have no problem. This is utter fascism. So folks, we need to keep our focus and we need to make the right arguments. Not these distractions we're seeing from the Fox News phony conservatives. Promoting the vaccine. No. They're making it. You can't live a normal life. Most people can't. If they have kids in college, they can't go to college. They can't do, do anything. Half the people that have jobs. See, if you're like me, you're in a situation with my stage of life, I'm not yet affected by this yet. But most people in some way are. This is an emergency. Where are these states meeting? Well, one of our meetups where we plot how to take back our country together is at Front Sight Nevada for our defensive handgun training thanks to constitutioncoach.com. If you go to constitutioncoach.com, you'll see they have four different training sessions in the fall. I will be at the October 31st one. This is a time to come out, meet me, meet fellow patriots from the audience elsewhere in the country. Uh, Rick Green gives the constitution classes at night and during the day we have full time, you know, like 9 to 5 out on the range learning how to clear malfunctions, how to properly draw shoot from the holster, how to defend yourself in a gunfight. It is the best training um, being around with fellow godly patriots as well as learning how to actually use your handgun. Folks, you know who you are. Those of you that own, even carry, but you don't really know how to properly use it, how to properly draw from a holster, you need that training. Why not do it with 90% off from constitutioncoach.com? So, folks, speaking of action items, if we can't even block mask mandates in a state like Arkansas with three to one or four to one majorities in the legislature 17 months into the lie being debunked, then we're lost. So, I mentioned this a little bit on Friday. We have Governor Asa Hutchinson, who may as well be a Democrat calling for a special session this week to repeal the ban on local mass mandates. Okay? So that's what this guy is doing. And I wrote up a list of bullet points that I believe the state legislature should push. Before we get into that, I just want to make one point that None of my other colleagues are making, but it is one of the most important things we need to work on. When we work out these special task forces that we're building to pressure 
among other things, are state legislators. And again, if you want to sign up for one of our state-based teams, go to conaction.network. One of the things is we need to make the legislative power stronger. We need to shift the balance of power back from the executive and the bureaucrats to the people's representatives. The problem we have now, let me give you an example in Arkansas. Arkansas, do you know that they are out of session not until January of next year, but January of 2023? They're one of these states that they only meet every other year. And now a lot of people are like, Daniel, I love that. A part-time legislature, they barely meet limited government. No, that was back when the courts and the governor and the bureaucracies were even less powerful. So we actually followed the Constitution. We followed the ideals and, and doctrine of republicanism where the legislature predominates. So we knew that the only way to grow that already limited government was to have the legislature govern too much. So we figured we'd write into state constitutions to limit the duration and power of legislatures. And by doing that, you'll limit government. But in the ensuing decades, what we wound up doing was illegally empowering the other branches of government. So they, the governor and the health department in all these states, including these red states, they legislate illegally every facet of our lives now up until and including our bodily autonomy 24-7, 365 days a year without any check and balance. So our only redress is the legislature. And now it's like, Daniel, we're sorry. We can't meet. We can only get called back by the governor. And even then, if the governor calls a special session, we could only focus on what he wants us to focus on. So in, there's different rules in each state. But for Arkansas, you need a two-thirds majority to bring up other issues. Now, mind you, Republicans do have more than two-thirds in both houses, and they could bring up other issues. So if these Republicans were actually Republican, there's actually a tremendous amount they can do. And my, what I advocate is, if Asa Hutchinson wants a special session, we should give him a session he can never forget. So this piece of garbage is said, literally, this is a Republican governor espousing the most radical, inhumane, illogical, insane things from the most extreme Fauci Democrats around. He's saying he's, quote, very concerned that without the ability of school boards and mayors to put on local school mandates, children under 12 will be at risk for the virus. So mind you, he is presupposing masks work when incontrovertibly, after 17 months, they do not. But listen very carefully to this. If you take the CDC-confirmed COVID deaths by age range, and then you plug into that an equation of 97% efficacy for the vaccines which has clearly been debunked already, right? It's much less than that, and likely after a certain period of time, it goes down to zero. But for good measure, we put in 97%. It would work out, simple arithmetic, it would work out that children under 12 unvaccinated are less at risk for death from COVID than even a 30-year-old who has a very low risk, vaccinated, 
and 100 times less at risk than seniors vaccinated. Again, assuming this mythical hypothetical that doesn't exist of 97% efficacy. But it's not, it's more than that. See, those numbers include all of the CDC confirmed pediatric COVID deaths when CDC themselves admitted in a report that 35.2% of those reported pediatric COVID deaths cannot be traced back to COVID in any way. In other words, there are people that were dying of leukemia, of whatever, and they happened to test positive for COVID. There's no evidence that it contributed at all to their death. And then there's like another percentage where it might have had something to do with it, but not clear. I actually trust the UK's data much better that 60% were overstated. 60% of UK's reported deaths had nothing to do with any of this. Yet here we have college-age kids that are being forced without recourse, in red states, by the way, to get clot shots with no recourse. When, especially for the young males, they are the most at risk for myocarditis from the clot shots. But the biggest thing is, they're trying to make everyone fearful because, you know, Arkansas got a big southern summer wave. And I've warned my colleagues about this. I said, look, as long as people fear this thing, they're going to go back to it. And from what I'm hearing, a lot of these Republicans are open to agreeing with the governor and reinstating the local mask mandates in Arkansas. The way to put these bastards on offense, okay, the way to do it is by forcing him to answer why they are not treating the virus. If we actually treated the virus, the fear would go away. It is heartbreaking the amount of messages that I'm getting from people. Their husbands, because it's mainly men that it affects, other people. And sometimes they have a week, two weeks, even three weeks warning where they tested positive and the symptoms gradually got worse. If you on day one would prescribe ivermectin, prescribe even just sometimes simple antibiotics and anti-inflammatories, 90% of hospitalizations would be avoided. And then on top of that, could you imagine if 17 months ago Fauci would have announced, I personally take 6,000 IUs a day of vitamin D. All seniors should do that. And maybe younger people, let's say 2,000, 3,000 IUs, whatever. Could you imagine where the vitamin D levels would be relative to where they are and the amount of totally avoidable critical illness and death that we could have prevented? In my article, I don't have a good way of playing it because it's just, it's very raucous, this town hall. It's hard to hear it. But there was a town hall in Northwest Arkansas Friday night, and people nailed Hutchinson. They said, Why aren't you treating this with therapeutics? And he said, We are treating them with therapeutics in the hospital. Now, mind you, even that's a straw man because 
The idea is to treat them with therapeutics not in the hospital so they don't have to get to it. Almost everyone, as soon as they know they have it, they're not critically ill. It's like a regular flu or cold, sore throat, maybe they have fever. Right away, they need a prescription. But it turned out even the hospital is a lie. He had there the hospital administrator of that area. I forgot who, what his name is. And Hutchinson turned to him to confirm, like, hey, yeah, we're treating with therapeutics. And you know what he answered? Quote, not presently, sir, unquote. It was a mic drop moment. He was busted. 17 months into this, this dog is calling to control people's bodies. They're breathing. The clot shots, he's saying, you better take it. You're all getting sick because you're not taking the clot shots, which is a lie. This is a problem for people that had the clot shot and people who didn't. They are not giving them anything. And what's worse, what's going on now is they have zero treatment outpatient. And the only treatment they're offering is something that A, doesn't work and might elongate your stay and have side effects. And B, you have to be hospitalized in order to get it. So there's a whole group of people we can't even sift through who really is sick and how many people are just there because they have no other option and the only thing they're being told they can get is remdesivir and they have to be admitted. It's a joke. You should give it outpatient. Then again, it doesn't work, so you give ivermectin outpatient. You could, this whole thing came about supposedly to flatten the curve and alleviate the run on hospitals. Well, that turned out to be false because epidemiologically, you cannot isolate and quarantine and block the spread of this virus. The only thing you can do is treat it. So we created the worst possible bottleneck on hospitals by barring, censoring, avoiding, making it unknown, any treatment except for one which doesn't work and you have to be in the hospital. You could not have done a a worse thing to treat COVID than by doing that. And that is the greatest scandal. My colleagues need to be focused and make the right arguments. And this is one of them. So here's what I'm calling on the Arkansas legislature and others to do. Number one, bar all state funding for the treatment of remdesivir and instead spend the money on placing a doctor at every testing center to immediately prescribe cheap outpatient repurposed drugs that have worked to block the dangerous inflammatory reaction while it's still early. Test and treat, not test and trace. You can't trace and quarantine something like this, but you can treat it. But notice how we've been focused on punishing people, locking them up, rather than compassion, actually treating people. Number two, Subject any local official who forces masks upon children to civil and criminal criminal penalties under reckless child endangerment. In the Arkansas Code, it's statute 527-206. <clears throat> Number three, propose a constitutional amendment barring any public or private entity from ever forcing a medical device upon an individual that means either a um, clot shot or a mask. Alternatively, if they don't want to go all out on that, if they're one of these, oh, I'm worried about private. I don't think government could force private people. That's what Asa Hutchinson says. Mind you, he shut them down and fined them for opening a business. It had no problem with that. 
for a year, but alternatively to create a liability clause for anyone who forces employees to wear masks or get vaccines. Meaning you can't have it both ways. If this is so needed and so safe, then you know what? Put your damn money where the mouth is and go ahead and be on the hook for it. Accept liability. It's one of the biggest scandals no one's talking about. How could they have it both ways? Both the vaccine companies as well as anyone who's forcing it. Also, now that the CDC admits that vaccines have failed, it should bar state funding for the promotion of vaccines. You can't have it both ways. If CDC is saying it doesn't stop anything, then why are we spending all this money promoting it and not promoting treatment centers? Next item, end all quarantining. This is not a quarantinable virus. Done with that. And finally, for a fraction of the billions of dollars states have spent on COVID, every state could mail out with all the billions of dollars they've gotten. Rather than free money and free food and free this, a treatment packet with key nutritional supplements, including vitamins A, C, D, E, B, B2, B6, B12, folic acid, iron, selenium, and zinc. Had we been doing this when we, at the minute we knew the science behind this, which was ages ago, hundreds of thousands of people could have avoided hospitalization and death. Again, they're the ones admitting that everything they did didn't work. And yet they refuse and they're punishing people, censoring their articles, threatening them with medical licenses if they actually try to treat this, like Dr. Peter McCullough. These people are a bunch of Nazis. Literally. Literally fascism. Public health fascism. That is what Nazism it was. The censorship of any dissent. You know, it's heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. In West Virginia, I saw an article from NBC. They plan to test all nursing home residents their antibody levels to determine whether they need a booster. So they're admitting their garbage doesn't work. In the same sentence, they're going to force it on them. And so many of them have died, but everyone... But by the way, none of those are reported because they think, oh, nursing home, they just died. All the, all the clot shot deaths in nursing homes. It's genocide. How about testing their vitamin D levels, you idiot? You lock them down. They're probably at five or something. They need 10,000 IUs a day of vitamin D. This kills me. It kills me how many people are like this. Where they're without option. They're without treatment and they don't know what to do. You know, over the weekend, I had a story that really made this very personal to me. This whole business of people being without treatment options and having to live this big lie and this genocide pushed by the government. Both a genocide of the lockdown and the fear-mongering, but also the genocide of blocking with one thing that actually works to deal with COVID. And I just want to preface the story by, by laying down the following principle. I really do think a lot of my colleagues are making a mistake strategically in the way they're approaching the virus. 
on the one hand, you have the real like establishment, thumb-sucking, Muppet conservatives that buy into the narrative, but then they just say, oh, but if you're vaccinated, the vaccine's amazing, then you don't have to wear a mask, meaning they accept everything they're doing, but they're just saying the vaccine is awesome, when really it's the opposite. The vaccine sucks, but the other stuff certainly doesn't work, and early treatment's the only option. But then you have other people more at the hardcore end that will kind of be like, yeah, the virus is a scam. It's made up. And it's almost like there's this thought that somehow to, to accede to the premise of the virus is somehow to admit that we're wrong or something that somehow gives credence to the other side. But what I've said all along is that, wait a minute, we didn't create this. This is not our fault. We don't have to hang our heads in shame. Like somehow, oh, there's a virus, so we have to put our heads down. These vermin created it. Our government and, and Big Pharma along with the Chinese lab, you guys created it. Then you guys created stuff that didn't work and strategies that didn't work. So people are caught with the quandary that they're left with nothing but take a very risky shot or they're told you die. So a lot of them were like, oh, so it's made up. You can't blame them for thinking that. Then the media's all over. Ooh, you look, see, look, all these conservatives now getting it in the South, and they're going to be sorry. <clears throat> when reality is, it's not their fault. The reality is that there's a third option, and that is, for some people, this is a problem. And therefore, why not test and treat Treat outpatient with prescriptions early. And frankly, half this stuff should be over the counter. Yet you speak to most conservatives. In my life, they're like, vitamin D, what's that? I mean, they know what it is, but you know what I mean? They, they don't know that it helps for this. That's such a big factor. Ivermectin, I never heard of that. What is that? <clears throat> Anything. They never heard of this whole narrative that we're not even treating it. And then they find they get it and they're out of options. And they feel like they did something wrong. And there's something really bad I need to mention that's so important that's happening now. You have all these stories. The media loves this. When a guy, this right winger in the South, this guy with the beer belly at a Trump rally, and he thinks COVID's fake, and now he gets it, and he had a really bad go at it in the hospital, was almost put on a ventilator, and now he comes back humbled with his tail between his legs, and he will be wearing a mask, and he will be getting the clot shot. And it's a stupid messaging that these phony rhino Republicans are pushing on them. Because even if you believed in the vaccine narrative, you certainly shouldn't tell the people that even if you believe it was a mistake that they didn't get it, but now that they didn't get the shot and they got the virus, mind you, you're going to get the virus even if you didn't get the shot, you certainly shouldn't get the shot because you're already immune and it's only a risk and no lie and, and no benefit. That is, again, one of the, along with remdesivir and treatment, the denial of immunity from prior infection, which is half the country and increasingly more, is the most dangerous lie. Why are we pushing it on those people? That's a huge problem. It's a strategic problem that they're now shaming people that wound up getting it into getting the shot. It makes no sense. And that's a, even if you believe the shot did work. That, need, that information needs to get out. Do you know that, according to the CDC, over the weekend, we hit 90% of this country. 90% of 65-year-olds or older have at least one shot. 
How could we be seeing what we're seeing if that thing had a was worth more than a bucket of spit? I don't want to hear this low vaccination. What are you talking about? They achieved through coercion, through fear, through endless funding of taxpayer funding, through having the government basically serve as the conduit for a private product that's experimental. They got what they want. They keep blaming us. Our people have to feel guilty. Oh, I got the virus. Like, I did something wrong. They're the ones. They got the lockdown. They got the mask more successful than anyone ever would have thought. Um, They got the shots. And it ain't working. And they're blocking what does work. So anyway, back to the story. This family friend of mine lives around the corner. And I... I bump right in front of my house. I bump into his daughter and she says, you know, you should really speak to my father. I'm worried about him. He's now, you know, locked down in his home and really refuses to go out anywhere. He's terrified. He's terrified of Delta, of what they're telling him that you're going to die. And mind you, he has the shot. He has the shots. He got them immediately. So this guy is, he's, you know, 65 or so, but the thing is he's got, Pretty bad diabetes and heart condition, maybe more stuff too, but those two I know for sure. There's a lot of people in America like that. I feel for them. There's one thing if you say, okay, the shots took care of it, but it didn't. They're scaring those people. And rightfully so, because it doesn't really work. And this guy has no life. And she told me she's in town, but you know, she couldn't stay with her kids by their parents' house. You know, they, they were too scared. And she was like, you know, my friends are telling me this whole thing's a lie and everything in the global world order. And like, you I trust. I, I, I want to get your load down. And I said, look, we could talk about the clot shots. We could talk about the lie of everything they're doing. But I said, the most important thing is I'm not going to try to even tell him and scare him that the shots don't work and try to dissuade him from even getting a booster or even dissuade him from locking up in his house. But if you're worried... There's a whole nother option he needs to know. Long-term prophylaxis, long-term bulking up your immune system. Have ivermectin on your shelf. And I offered to have, um, I said, look, give me a call and I'll have Dr. Dr. Ryan Cole will, will uh, you know, give a free consultation. He'll let him know uh, his, his health status and, and what medications he's on and he'll, he'll come up with a plan for him. It is sick how many people are like this. And again, th- this family is very conservative. Longtime family friend. But put yourself in the guy's shoes. You got those sorts of conditions. And this is what you're hearing. You don't hear any other option. It's like there's a blackout in the brain that like, dude, there's a whole period of time for the time you test positive to the time you drop dead. There's a huge lag there. What, you think that 17 months later we have no way of preempting a cytokine storm? An inflammatory reaction? Are you kidding me? It is truly disgusting. They are Nazis in the true sense of the word. You know how bad this is? Even the monoclonal antibodies, which are expensive and are created by one of the cool kids on the block, Eli Lilly. No one even knows where to go for that. They're not even promoting it one iota. Um, a friend of mine told me he had someone, a relative, that went to one of these facilities that was that they were administering it in um, 
Columbus, Ohio, big metro area. And the woman said, you're the only person who came in today. Now, it's not circulating in Ohio as much as it is in the South now, but it's not dead. And that doesn't make any sense. Now, from my perspective, I think this stuff is a lot better than the monoclonal antibodies. But, you know, all the, the studies are like, this is great, big pharma. But even from big pharma, they won't, they won't let people know. Hey, as soon as you think you get it, go in for, again, I think you should go in for ivermectin. Not go in, just get it. What I don't like about the monoclonals is that they are invasive. It's an injection, so, you know, it's not something you're going to be inclined to get early. That's part of the problem. So the more, the longer you wait, anything is, is going to be less of a chance of working. And I don't think the data is as strong as behind some other stuff. But this is the argument that will turn the politics of COVID on its head. Put these idiots on, on, uh, on defense. You know, I saw what really shocked me. Christy Nome put out on Twitter over the weekend that basically she doesn't believe in blocking private companies from forcing vaccines. This is in response to conservatives calling for her and others to bar it. And she's like, you know what? You could go elsewhere. You don't like it? Go shop elsewhere. Okay. So you know what I tweeted at her? I said, wow, I'm so glad to, to see that, you know, Christy Nome is a big supporter of, you know, full libertarian private sector. I'm assuming you're not going to enforce the Supreme Court's opinions on bake the cake for a gay wedding, right? In South Dakota, you don't have to do that, right? And it was tongue-in-cheek, because of course you do. Because it's all one-sided, and I'm sick of playing that one-sided game. Listen to this quick, uh, this clip from Andrew Cuomo about strongly urging the private sector to mandate masks. Take a listen. Private businesses, I am asking them and suggesting to them go to vaccine-only admission. Go to vaccine-only admission. Folks, you cannot possibly look at me and tell me, oh, it's private. The government is, is if they're not directly forcing it, they're putting out lying information. They're censoring everyone. There's no informed consent. It's all coming from government. They're setting the tone. The free market didn't cause this. This is fascism. You gotta stop it. At a very minimum, make them on the hook for liability. They are on the hook for liability in every other context with workplace medical issues. They are on the hook for medical discrimination, for all sorts of discrimination, for health privacy in every other context. I am not going to make a carve-out from existing law, whether you like it or not, for something that is being pushed by government more than anything. It's the biggest thing our people are missing. I don't even know if I'll call her our people. But this is where we are. The top epidemiologist in Iceland said that masks might be required for the next, quote, 5, 10, or 15 years. I'm not kidding you. So they are basically, an, and what do you mean 5, 10, 15 years? 
every adult, I mean, not every, but almost every adult in Iceland is vaccinated. What's the issue? They themselves are making the case for us. They're saying it's going to percolate. Nothing works. The only thing that does work is natural immunity. And the only ingredient left is to for the people that are going to have a, a rough time with the virus and, and even die from it to get them over that infection that everyone's going to have to get in a way that they're not going to get critically ill. And all, lead, all roads lead to spending a fraction of the money and fascism and marketing that we've spent locking people down and masking them and clot-shotting them into simple therapeutics, the ones we already know now would save 80% at least of people. Probably if you took it on day one, it would be much more than that. And then you put in a little bit of that money into finally doing R&D on cheap repurposed drugs, and you'll come out with a cocktail that's better than you know, what most are even doing to a great degree of success, and you'll get it close to 100%. How many conservative shows have given you the presentation you've heard today? I, I look. I wish what I'm t- what I'm telling you would be boring. I wish nobody would be doing this. But this is why I need you to send this around to all of your friends and relatives. Everyone you know needs to hear this. Even if you're a flaming liberal, even if you disagree with me on other issues, it is incontrovertibly clear that the shot wears off. It is clear there is a need for everyone. There is a need to treat this. It is a genocidal scandal how a virus that we obsessively monitor and track and test like never before, we will literally tell a guy who is 70 years old with diabetes that just tested positive to go home and if he can't breathe, go to the hospital and the only thing we have for him is a drug that doesn't work for $3,000. That is the greatest scandal of this whole thing. And the lie of denying natural immunity while promoting the vaccine and promoting the flaws endemic of the vaccine onto natural immunity wrongly. Those are the two biggest lies, really. And certainly, obviously, the lie that children are, are at risk. Truly, truly scandalous. And this is going to keep going on until someone cries uncle. You know, Sweden... Sweden hasn't had a death in, like, days. They've had, like, a handful of deaths over a period of a few months. They already have... Again, I'm not going to speculate, you know, I doubt they have 100% of people affected everywhere, infected everywhere, but they're over the hump. And they're doing much better than anyone else. EconWatch put this out. The GDP in Sweden has now returned to pre-pandemic levels. Pre-pandemic levels. That's not just money. That's lives. Can you imagine the quality of the mental health of the children in Sweden relative to elsewhere in the world? And again, mind you, even Sweden, Sweden now is looking into ivermectin and things like that, but they also kind of dismissed this. They could have done better. The strategy with the nursing homes and other people should have been test their blood levels, come up with a plan for long-term immune system boosting natural supplements, and have things like ivermectin and many other things available to treat at a minute's notice.
That was always the only strategy. And then once you get it once, you're immune. You're immune. I challenge anyone to show me a flaw in my thinking, to show me a better way. Because you can no longer say, you know, you see, at the beginning it was like, yeah, I don't want to deal with therapeutics. Look, just get the shot and you're done with it. Because people viewed it like some of the other vaccines that seemingly, you know, you get it once, it works, fine. Dude, they literally are admitting. I mean, Iceland, Iceland, how do you deny that? How do you deny Iceland? Um, as somehow it's working. The shot is not working anywhere. Not working anywhere. See, it's easy in America just to blame it on, oh, the vaccination rates are lower in the South, but everyone knows they're getting it now because it's a Southern wave in the summer. What is so sad is that in the North, in a month or two, they're going to have a rude awakening, a big rude awakening. All those people that got the shot but did not get prior infection, and they think they're, they're good to go. It's so sad. And they're going to have nowhere to turn. We got to get this information out. We need to start treating the freaking virus. It's the only thing that works. Everything else is all pain and no gain. Again, let's stay focused. Let's make the right arguments. We'll be back tomorrow with a very special show. Dr. Pierre Corey, the pulmonologist and ICU doctor who is the ivermectin man that first raised awareness to this uh, wonder repurposed cheap, cheap, cheap drug. So let me know your questions for him. You can email me dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Till tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.